days before Christmas, I found out that my then boyfriend was cheating on me. No. So I ended up booking myself a one-way ticket to Bali. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. I don't know about you, but when I was first talking myself into going freelance, one of the big reasons why was so that I could travel the world. I wanted to hop on a plane whenever I wanted to. And that's definitely one of my favorite things about being a freelancer. So today I wanted to bring a true digital nomad onto the show, somebody who's actually getting those passport stamps and doing it big. Her name is Shannon. She has a podcast called The Tropical Social Podcast. She actually had me on her show maybe a month or two ago, and that's how we got introduced. And I thought, you know what? You have a really interesting story. Let's talk about not only how to become a digital nomad or things that you might want to consider when traveling, but also some tricks of the trade. And before we hop into the interview, I wanted to invite you to my upcoming social media management portfolio workshop. If you've been sending Upwork pitches or getting traffic to your website or posting content 24 seven, but are not seeing results, you're not seeing client inquiries, you've got to come check this out. The problem might be your portfolio. It's probably not you. So come join me on this live workshop. I'll leave a link down in the show notes and I hope to see you there. For those who might not be familiar with you, can you tell them kind of what you do, how you got into this traveling social media management world? Yeah, I am Shannon and I am a social media manager, podcaster, um, but my journey kind of got started when I came across like a Facebook ad my senior year of college. So I think it was like around the time I was supposed to be studying for finals, of course. And that ad was of like two women who are working online and traveling the world. And they were like selling this course for learning online digital marketing skills. So basically, since coming across that Facebook ad, like I really knew that I wanted to start my own online business someday and be able to live abroad. Like that just wasn't something that was ever mentioned to me growing up. So seeing that Facebook ad, I was like, oh my gosh. Um, But I just didn't know what kind of like online business I wanted to start or what I necessarily was passionate about at that time. So post-college, I actually ended up still going down the corporate route. I feel like that's very much what everybody else was doing. So I was like, okay, we'll try it. Um, But I ended up working for a startup Instagram marketing company at a college in San Diego. And that was kind of like the job that really made me realize the power of social media marketing and just how much like I really love talking to small business owners and helping them up level their brands on social. So I guess that was kind of like my light bulb moment of like, okay, I know I want to work in social media marketing. How can I actually take these skills and this like, I guess, marketing obsession and really turn it into my own service? So long story short, I ended up quitting that job. Um, I had actually moved across the country to live with my then boyfriend at the time who had gotten stationed in like another state. I ended up taking on a part-time babysitting position and just like diving headfirst into like courses and podcasts and YouTube and, you know, all the things, just trying to learn online marketing skills just so I could fully pursue my business someday. And then as a lot of people know, if you follow my story a few days before Christmas, I found out that my then boyfriend was cheating on me. So that was like a very lovely Christmas gift. Oh, no. (laughs) It was great. But, you know, at that time, I was like, you know what? I've always wanted to go to Bali. Like, I think at that time, the Facebook ad was like of two women traveling in Bali. (laughs) So it's like, you know, as cliche as it was, I always wanted to go. So I ended up booking myself a one-way ticket to Bali. 
COVID hit like I think like a month later so it was like a weird timing and I just made the decision to stay in Bali when most tourists actually fled the country I ended up launching my own online business and I just really started by giving like Instagram consultations um, to small business owners kind of like utilizing everything that I had learned while working for that Instagram marketing company and then from there I really pivoted I mean I experimented a lot I was like what am I doing But then I pivoted to offering social media management services to creatives and yeah, eventually launched the podcast. But that's kind of my story in a very (laughs) brief nutshell. And now I've been a digital nomad for over like three and a half years, which is crazy to say. Wow. Okay. Was it just that Facebook ad that kind of got Bali in your mind or was that a place that you'd always wanted to travel? Like, how did you decide on a first place to go after that, like earth shattering? (laughs) news. I always joke that it was like the best and worst Christmas gift, obviously in a way, but I, like you said, I always knew I kind of wanted to go to Bali ever since that Facebook ad. I know that sounds super cliche, um, but it is one of like the top digital nomad destinations in the world. And so I knew that I wanted to test it out. My original plan, I guess, coming to Bali was like maybe a few weeks, maybe a month. (laughs) That's kind of what I told everybody. And then obviously during COVID, like I just decided to stay and that one month turned into like three plus years and, you know, never saw that coming. But really with Bali, like Southeast Asia is obviously known for kind of like a lower cost of living. So coming from San Diego post-college where rent is upwards of like, you know, $1,000 a month plus and you're living with like three roommates. Bali is a lot more affordable in comparison, obviously in comparison to like, you know, Western culture. But I had heard that Bali also has some like the best co-working spaces, especially Chenggu. So that's actually where I was like based out of when I first got to Bali. Um, So I heavily leveraged those co-working spaces when I first got here. And that's kind of how I like integrated myself into the community and made friends. Like I would go to like soccer nights and like beach and beers, even though I don't even drink, but I was like, might as well make some friends. Um, And then Bali has pretty reliable Wi-Fi, so I kind of knew that off the bat. Like, obviously, that was kind of a key, I guess, feature or piece that I needed, especially if I wanted to work online. You need reliable internet. Um, And a lot of cafes here as well have Wi-Fi, so you'll see digital nomads working in cafes pretty much everywhere. Um, And then kind of the last thing is just the culture. Like, obviously, for us women traveling, you know, we want to be safe and all of that jazz, but... If you've talked to anybody who has come to Bali, you will probably hear that the Balinese people are like the sweetest, kindest human beings that you will ever come across. So, you know, they're very, they're usually very friendly and just interested in engaging in like conversation with you, asking you where you're from, you know, just like things that you don't necessarily get in America where everybody is just kind of in their own little bubble. Um, so yeah, I think coming from the States has just been a very vastly different experience, but that's kind of why I chose Bali. And then from there, I've kind of bounced around a little bit all over Southeast Asia. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting. And you mentioned like friends and safety. Did you go alone to Bali? Yeah, I went alone. So (laughs) I had traveled alone a few times. Like I did like a study abroad kind of thing in China when I was 18 but like once I got there I was obviously met with like a group of other 17 18 year olds um but here I was just like you know what like (laughs) I chatted to a few people on Facebook actually I met up with a girl 
like the second day, like the day after I had landed in Bali and I had met her on like some digital nomad Facebook group. That's amazing. I love that. I really applaud you for having, I feel like I'm a pretty brave person. Like I'm fine with traveling alone, but I don't know if I could fly to a brand new country across the world and then live (laughs) by myself as well. Like that, but that has to be so rewarding, you know, if actually getting to know yourself and like trusting yourself and doing things for yourself. So I applaud you for that. That's amazing. You mentioned the co-working spaces. How do you find places to work? Cause you have a podcast. So how do you record your podcast? How do you, you know, have zoom calls with clients if it needs to be quiet? Like, is it pretty easy to find spaces like that there? Um, with podcasting, I honestly, <laughs> I don't know if you can see this, but I have like my little pillows around my computer and I have a blanket on my desk and I don't know if that does anything, but like one of the places that I had actually lived in, obviously you can't predict like if it's going to be echoey or if it's going to be really like high up ceilings. And one of the places I lived, it was just so echoey. So I just did everything in my power to like have the pillows and have the blankets and just yeah. kind of have that like buffer for sound. What about time zones? So are most of your clients American? Are you meeting clients in Bali? Who makes up your client base? And is that a struggle? Like, cause yeah. I know right now, like we're recording at opposite ends of the day. So it's night yep. evening here and super early morning for you. So yeah. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms. When you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Honestly, I have actually found it pretty easy to navigate so far being in Southeast Asia, as like you said, like Kind of, we're kind of like flip-flopped in time zones. So my morning is their evening and vice versa. So right now it works out pretty well just because I can actually, you know, jump on a call like this in the morning. And usually my clients are actually in the United States and Canada. So they're kind of like ending their work day or, you know, getting home or whatever it might be. So it's kind of like a better time for them to hop on calls. So yep. right now it's worked out. I don't know if it's going to be the same deal whenever I go to Australia, but Um, I do have a client in Singapore, so that's obviously like the same kind of time zone. But no, I don't have clients in Indonesia. I feel like that's kind of a thing that digital nomads do need to look out for is if you are planning on like working physically in the same country, there's definitely a lot more like visas. It gets a lot more complicated. So I very much, you know, stay away from that. But I do have clients in like U.S. and Canada. So that's kind of what works for me so far. I'll let you know if that changes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you mentioned one other thing you mentioned like the visa situation. Yeah. So are there any other things that people should take into account before they fly across the world and go, I mean, it sounds like it was semi-random for you, but, but not fully yeah. random. Cause you'd been kind of like slowly researching, you know, since that idea popped into your head. So like yeah. anything that you had to prepare for financially, um, any type of paperwork, like I know some places you have to get shots, like, you know, anything like that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think there is that classic story of people quitting their jobs, booking the one-way ticket, and then going all in with their business and it being this like easy, breezy, beautiful thing, which yes, I am definitely part of the cliche and getting cheated on. I mean, that's like literally in my podcast intro where I'm like, I did the e-pray love approach, but 
obviously it's not as easy breezy beautiful as Instagram likes to make it out to be like there is a lot of planning that goes on behind the scenes there obviously are things that kind of come up when you're traveling that are unexpected it's gonna hit the fan no matter how much you prepare that's something that I've very much learned but some things that I would suggest preparing for is just kind of having some kind of backup. So when you're starting an online business, it's, you know, it's hard. Income is really going to fluctuate. And so if you are going all in, let's say like being a digital nomad and having your own online business, but you have no savings or anything to fall back on, like I think it's going to cause a lot of unneeded stress and anxiety. And I've certainly spoke to people who have done that and come to Bali. And like a lot of times they have needed to go back home or ask for money or like, you know, things like that. And I just feel like it just causes a lot more stress and anxiety. So what I kind of tell others who ask me this question is if you already have a full-time job already, like I would honestly leverage that job to build your business. So leverage the steady paycheck that you already do have, which is probably something that I probably should have done. Um, Start putting away more money in savings. Like I am glad that I did have that prior to coming to Bali so I could pull from it like whenever I needed, especially in like that first year, year and a half when things were like up and down, but really to start building your business experience and portfolio. And then when you are kind of ready to hit the ground running and be a digital nomad, you know, regardless of how long it is for, obviously do your research about the country. So looking up visas, Um, how long you are physically able to stay in that country. Like I've actually heard of people overstaying their welcome. So that gets complicated. And then of course you, like you said, just like what vaccinations you need, Um, just making sure your passport is up to date, getting travel insurance in case of emergencies. There's companies like uh, Safety Wing and things like that. Having multiple copies of your passport. I have so many photos of my passport just because you're kind of asked for it at every like accommodation that you go to especially in southeast asia like they basically like report it back to the government so i would always have that and just having like multiple copies of it in case you do lose your passport um and then a few other things is just having multiple debit cards so something that i found out really quickly is in southeast asia and maybe this is everywhere except the u.s i don't know but ATMs will actually give you your money before they give you the card. So a lot of tourists forget their debit card, which is something that I have done and I've needed to ship my card and thankfully they've done it. Um, Or the ATM card, like, you know, we'll eat your card or you'll get skimmed or whatever it might be. So just having multiple debit cards. So like you have that emergency plan and you have that backup. And even with that, just like calling your bank and like asking them if they have, um, what is it called? Zero foreign transaction fees. Cause one of my cards does not have that. So if I ever have to like use that card as a backup, I think it's like six, $7 every time I pull out wow. money. So obviously that gets expensive when you do it a lot. So just kind of having those essentials, um, and even just downloading essential apps already, like prior to actually landing that you kind of need. So asking people on Facebook groups. So like Gojek is kind of like the Indonesian version of like Uber in the United States. So kind of having that, having currency exchange apps on your phone, just things like that. So you're kind of a little bit more prepared when you land and you don't have so much anxiety um, or stressed out upon arrival. So those are kind of like a few of my tips. Okay. So you went to Bali. And how did you, cause you were kind of starting a business at the same time. I mean, you'd kind of been doing like dabbling and, and learning before that, yeah. but that was kind of your official start what happened while you're also going through this big life transition. So 
how did you do that? Like, how were you able to book out your business? What was your, your attack plan there? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I feel like the first year and a half was definitely me kind of throwing spaghetti at a wall. It was very kind of up and down me experimenting, figuring out what I even really wanted to do. Like I said, I was trying to take like the skills that I learned from the Instagram marketing job. So I was like, how can I really make this my own business? And obviously I knew a little bit about social media marketing. I definitely watched your YouTube videos. Um, so this is definitely full circle, but yeah, I think in the beginning, I was really just experimenting. And what I quickly found out was that I think a lot of digital nomads are just people when they start traveling, they're like, oh my gosh, I have all this newfound freedom. I quit my job. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I can go do whatever I want. But I think every digital nomad realizes at some point or another that they have to establish some kind of structure in place. Otherwise, they won't get anywhere. And that's definitely something that I found out really quick in terms of like getting booked out. I feel like it's definitely different for everybody. Like I know people back in the States that have to work for work with like, I don't know, 10 plus clients just to cover their rent. Um, So it really does depend on, you know, how many clients you can actually take on. So this is something that I've also really experimented with and kind of juggle different clients and try to figure out like what clients do I want to work with? Because obviously there are some clients that you work with and you absolutely love and they'll refer you and you're like, oh my gosh, I get to work with these amazing humans. And then there are other clients who really drain you and it really starts to feel like you hate your job and you're getting burnt out. So I feel like we've all kind of experienced that. Um, But for me, I guess in terms of getting clients initially, it was just like inbound marketing. So Instagram marketing, really just talking about my services, offering free Instagram consultations just to kind of like get those testimonials up (laughs) and just like, you know, getting that experience under my belt. And then from there, still to this day, it's mostly inbound marketing from Instagram. I have actually put like, I don't know, like this. Uh, those social media management directories and I never really thought anything would come from it because I just like filled it out and kind of sat back and forgot about it but I've actually had a few clients from it and I'm like okay well that's neat Um, and also like you know just networking on Facebook groups I don't do this as much today but in the early stages I was definitely in Facebook groups so like my kind of niche at the time was like wedding creatives I've since kind of expanded to creatives and like the beauty industry and things like that but at the time it was wedding creative so I was very much in Facebook groups of like wedding podcast like the heart and hustle podcast where like pretty much everybody who listens to that podcast is a creative so I like would get inside those Facebook groups get involved start building connections advertise my services so that was just like a really great way to kind of connect with people and have you know people book me for like Instagram consultations or whatnot but yeah other than that it's mostly been inbound marketing and referrals and networking and things of that nature. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Again, you just dropped like 10, 10 <laughs> great, great tips in one answer. I love it. Um, the scheduling thing. I want to go back to yeah. that because you, you kind of alluded to this already, but I feel like I would struggle so much, even when I do yep. like working vacations. Like if I, you know, have a talk and like, I was just in San Diego yep. not long ago. And it was like, I was doing the bare minimum that week because I just wanted to be out exploring, go to the beach, yep. like just soaking up my time. I guess since you're there longer, you know, you live there, yeah. so you don't have to like fit everything into one week like I did. Exactly. Yeah. So, but how do you, I mean, it would still be hard for me, I think, like being in such a beautiful country, like how do you kind of 
how do you have a, like, what is your day-to-day routine? Like, like, do you have certain yeah. working hours or how, do, how does yeah. that work? Honestly, it very much fluctuates. So I try to have like theme days. So Mondays, I like try to have a day where it's just like CEO days. It's just me. I don't hop on client calls. Obviously, that fluctuates a little bit just if clients can't hop on a call any other day. But um, usually, I guess my day-to-day routine, I feel like this really ends in that exciting, but it's just <laughs> like me going to CrossFit in the morning. I find that if I'm not active, if I'm just sitting like inside all day or just at a coffee shop all day and I haven't moved my body, I just get like very frustrated and I, you know, need that. What is it? Dopamine. And then from there, go home, shower and like hop on a call if need be, and then go to a cafe to work for a few hours. I just find that I love going to cafes and working with like by myself. <laughs> I've definitely noticed yeah. if I co-work, I don't get as much done. So I've tried to just like go to a cafe, you know, put in my little headphones and like pump out like a few hours of work and then go home, kind of do the same thing, you know, take a few breaks for lunch and whatnot. And then I try to like go for like a beach walk and go to sunset, but that's kind of my day-to-day routine. Yeah. Um, But I do... Like I said, just like try to have those theme days so I have a little bit more structure and I try to like map out and click up like, okay, these are the things that I need to get done today. Like I have like a few tabs on my click up that's like today's tasks, business tasks, client tasks, you know, random to do's like, I don't know, you know, random things that everybody needs to get done. And I kind of like move things around just so I can like visually see what I need to get done for that day. I definitely found when I first got to Bali and I didn't have that, I was just like running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I think there's like that sense of like, you know, like the hustle culture and like always being busy. And so I definitely found that when I was first starting out, I was always busy, but like nothing was actually moving the needle. And like, I wasn't getting anything done. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, I I just spent eight hours like doing all these things, but like nothing's actually like moving me closer to where I want to be. So just having like, you know, sitting down and having like that kind of like structure and organizing everything and really saying like, okay, if I want to get to X, Y, and Z place, like what do I really need to do to get there? So I kind of did it backwards, but eventually we got there. And I feel like every digital nomad kind of has the same thing where it's like, yay, freedom, but then also having to like have that structure in place. Otherwise you're obviously not going to get anywhere. Yeah. I think that's such a good point too, about being so busy, but not getting anything thing done. I know same thing for me in the early days of my business. It was like, I would, as long as I was doing something, I was looking at that as a positive. And I guess yep. that's a better alternative than like laying on the couch. Cause that was my big fear is that when I went freelance, I would just like watch TV all day. So I was like, okay, yep. at least I'm moving, <laughs> at least I'm doing stuff. But I feel like I just ended up doing a lot of busy work, or, you know, hopping on a lot of trends or doing a lot of things just because I felt like that's what I should be doing. So yeah, prioritizing and like being realistic about what you really need is so, so important. Yeah, definitely. Definitely found that out after a lot of trial and error and up and down, but eventually we got there. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Um, what's new for you? What's, what's coming up next for you? I know you said you've been like experimenting with different services and products. You also mentioned Australia. Well, I have just applied for an Australian visa. So I'm kind of just like waiting around to hear back if I can even get into the country. I feel like everybody who's applied to Australia, like they know that it takes freaking forever, but 
other than that, I am working on like kind of building out a course for social media managers who want to work remotely from anywhere in the world, like become a digital nomad, whatever that may kind of look like for them. So that's in the works. <laughs> it's still a work in progress, but those are two of the kind of things that I'm working on, just like the visas and the courses. That's amazing. That's super exciting yeah. to see that. I'll, I'll be excited to see that course come together because I mean- you. Hey, it, it, stuff like that can change lives. Obviously that's how it happened for you as you saw that yeah. ad and that's kind of what planted the seed. So that's exactly. amazing. <laughs> thank you so cool. much. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Shannon, for being on and uh, where can people find you? I'll link everything in the show notes, of course, but if you want to yeah. shout it out to the audio listeners <laughs> too. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for having me on. And if you are listening, you can find me on Instagram at Shannon Siegel. So S-E-G-A-L-L um, or my website, ShannonSiegel.com. Or if you want to tune into the podcast, it is called The Tropical Social. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. Please don't forget to rate and review the show. You can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and here on YouTube by leaving a thumbs up. And don't forget to subscribe as well. Let me know one takeaway that you learned from Shannon. Be sure to tag us on social media, leave a comment on YouTube. We'd really love to hear from you so, so much. And I will talk to you in the next episode. Bye.